The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch for reviewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let brb homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to a special episode of Big News Coming Soon with Alan Clark and Cairn O'Malley. How are you? Have you recovered yet after your amazing weekend? I'm getting there now. So today is Thursday and I'm not going to lie, on Monday now I was ropey enough. I'd was say it, you were fairly shook. Was it Monday or Tuesday I went to the doctor? I think it was, I don't know, what. I can't even remember now at this stage. But uh, I knew I was going to crash. I knew. I had to. I knew there was going to be a crash and on Monday I woke up with no voice Oh, my throat was sore, my chest was sore. I thought somebody was sitting on my chest. And then I thought, maybe I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> so I said, I better go and just get an owl checkup anyway. I went down and done the bloods and uh, it was a bit wheezy, just a small bit of a chest infection, but it's clearing up now nicely. And uh, we're, we're back on the mend again, ready to go again. Well, if you didn't have a heart attack over the weekend, I'm surprised you nearly had one on the Monday. But um, yeah. I think we should start from the beginning and go through this weekend because I think anyone that was there will want to hear and relive it again and anyone that wasn't there will probably want to hear the antics we got up to, how it went and what the future holds. (laughs) So, right, first off, I'm going to say this. So you had this great idea of coming up with a weekend and you know you're trying to promote mayo and all this kind of stuff. Great idea. But a normal person would probably start their first event with one thing. Let's get a load of people and go for a walk. But no, Alan has to drag the arse out of it and go for a whole bloody weekend. Yeah, uh, I don't know. What, what, what was that about? What? <laughs> what was that about? What was getting a bus at half eight on the Saturday morning about? We'll get back to that again. 
But uh, so tell me, listen, oh. you know, it was obviously a great idea. You must have been bricking it when you set the tickets on sale first. I guess I, I suppose I had a little, a little bit of confidence in that I was able to pull it off, able to pull off an event like that because I've, I've marketed holidays and weekends for companies. So that, that's part of my job, doing marketing for people that offer that kind of package to people. I was a DJ for 16 years and I've been involved in event management when I was studying hotel management and working in hotels. So I kind of knew I had the stuff to put it together and then I put it together and put it on sale. But then being the host was like, oh shit, what have I done? It was kind of like the whole weekend, it was kind of like organising your own wedding, <laughs> but you had no bride to help you. Because that's kind of oh, what it was like. 150 brides in the room. <laughs> uh, and, and some grooms as well. Yeah, it was, it was stressful. So we'll go through it. It was like, you know, the ticket sales were good. People yeah. were really positive. You know, the the week leading up to it now must have been fairly stressful, I was thinking. Yeah. And then you decide to feck off to the Ploughing Championships. A man that has never, <laughs> ever been in the Ploughing Championships in his life. Ash will rock up here and hang out with my old buddy Ray Darcy. I can tell you on Tuesday, uh, the Ploughing is the last place I wanted to be. I was getting emails left, right and centre. I was getting phone calls, text messages. Uh, but obviously, my third best friend, Stuart, asked me to go to the Ploughing with him. Um, he was performing on the Ray Darcy show. So I just went up as, uh, not that he needs moral support, but I was, was doing some social media for him and I was filming him when he was on the Ray Darcy show. So I was glad to do it because <laughs> he returned the favour tenfold <laughs> over the weekend. And that, that wasn't why I did it either. As you know, sure, we're best of buddies and I'd do anything for him and he'd do anything for me. It's just that it did fall on the worst week ever. So we went up and we stayed in a Thai I've never been in a Thai in my life on Monday night. And we stayed in a place called the Abbey Hotel. Oh, a really quirky place. I think they, they only do weddings. I think it's a wedding venue. So we stayed there on the Monday night. And I went on Instagram saying, basically, Stuart's up here and he's doing the plowing. And RT asked me to come up as a backup for Ray Darcy, just in case he gets sick or in case he um, can't get in through the traffic. So the next morning, we're sitting down in the lobby. And I think there was a load of RT staff staying in this hotel. I don't know if there was literally anyone else staying there. But we're down in the lobby. Stuart and I are over in the corner because we're both so socially awkward. We're hiding away in the corner. This, this actually happened. Ray Darcy walks into the lobby and he goes, points across the lobby. And he goes, ah, there's Alan Clark, the man that's going to take in my job. <laughs> and then makes a beeline over for me. Some people laugh and some people don't. And then I'm focusing my, my eyes on the ones that aren't laughing, of course, going, why is she not laughing? <laughs> is he coming over here to fuck the head off me now? So he comes over and I stand up. How are you, Ray? And I shake his hand. And I had met him once before at the IMRO Awards, but he, he didn't remember, obviously. And uh, he said, uh, oh, you're here to take my job. And I said, ah, sure, look, it's a bit of crack. It's a bit of crack. I went pure red. The sweat <laughs> down my, my armpits just went psh, gushing. And I'm here trying to play it cool, going, oh, my God. Uh, sure, it's just a bit of crack. <laughs> Talking away to him. Then he turns to Stuart. And do you know what really impressed me about him? So it was a two-hour show or an hour and a half show. He explained every minute of the show to Stuart, there and then, without a piece of paper. So he goes, four minutes past four, we're going to do this. Six minutes past four, we're going to do this. You're going to sing a song. You're going to sing uh, The Galway Girl, blah, blah, blah. 
And I'm standing here with my mouth open going, I've worked in radio all my life. And if you ask me what we're doing after the weather, <laughs> I would have no idea. So he was really impressive. And then I said to his producer then, because I know his producer quite well. I said to her, oh, did you rat me out to Ray? And she goes, no, I didn't rat you out at all. She said, how uh, did he know? His wife was watching my stories Stop. in bed. Jenny? Yeah. No way. And apparently Jenny turns around to him and goes, hey, look at this little bollocks. That's what he told me. That's Stop. what she said. That's what she said. Wow. She said, yeah. And uh, she, she showed Ray my stories last night. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know yourself, like, you're sure, it's just a bit of crack. And, he, and he, he, he was up for the crack. And when I was growing up, Ray Darcy was my idol. And I'm not saying it because I got, got the opportunity to meet him. I always wanted to be in radio and I always wanted to do something like that or present the den. And when I was growing up, Ray Darcy, to me, was what Gay Byrne was to my parents. I just thought there's nobody better than him. He was just a cool dude. He was on the den. He was on Too Fat. There was Blackboard, Blackboard Jungle. Jungle. All these different shows. And I just really, really admired him. And uh, it was just it was an honor to be in his company for the day. And he had so much time for everyone. And he gets a bit of bad rep online. You know, and even I put up the photo of us and some people were saying, oh, you think you'd set your standards a bit higher than Ray Darcy? You know, these dickheads. There's always, there's always one. Yeah. Um, but he, he's, he's a really impressive man and he, he had genuine time for everyone. It wasn't a case of, oh, here, I'll just get a selfie with you and I'll move on to the next person. He was just giving everyone as much time as he could and I had a great day at the ploughing. That's actually lovely to hear about him. And also, I suppose what shocked me the most is um, he's taller than you. Is he? Look at that photo. I never noticed <laughs> that. I could not get over that, yeah. Really? So what was the plan like? Did you enjoy that? You sure, had a we better didn't, day? We didn't see any of it. Stop. Sure, we got oh, you were in the VIP section the whole time. We got no shuttled shots. in. We were in the RT green room. We went on stage. I ran over trying to find David Cuddy. Got halfway to where David Cuddy was. Then I had to turn back because I was filming Stuart. So I, wa- I hadn't enough time to make it over to Cuddy. So halfway to Cuddy, I said, right, I have to turn around and go back. So I got to see nothing, really. I just saw a load of tractors and a load of trailers and a load of people queuing up for stuff. So it was like a normal day in Casabar. Yeah. <laughs> and a load of people buying sticks. That's the thing I was amazed at. At every junction, there was lads selling sticks and people buying them three sticks for a fiver. I'm like, this is a thing. People queuing up to buy sticks. Introducing Cookie Sticks. <laughs> Available from all good retailers. Christmas 2022. <laughs> cookie Sticks. Um, yeah, so I'd like to go back and spend a day pottering around it. You'd need a couple of days. It's massive. It's so impressive, isn't it, what they what they achieve? It's incredible. I love how it was based on the Bunny Conlon show, and they've just tried to replicate that for the rest of the country. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You keep telling yourself that. <laughs> so anyway, that's the last place I needed to be on Tuesday, but we got it done. And then we came home to a load of madness then uh, in preparation for the weekend. So I approached Hotel Westport months ago, and I said, I'm thinking about doing this weekend. Would you have any weekends free? So this one, I didn't want to do it any later than this one, this this week because I was conscious of the weather. The hotel was available this weekend. We put it on sale. It sold out in three hours. I woke up the next morning and literally I just went, oh shit. It's real now. What have we done? What have we done? And then the, the planning started months ago. Buses, DJs, bands. I'd say there wasn't one person that went that expected the amount of stuff that you had organised or the effort and preparation that you had put into this entire weekend. They were thinking, we'll rock up, bit of crack, go for a walk, bit more crack, go home. Jeez, man, you 
put some time, thought, effort into this. Yeah, and as you know, on the Wednesday, I was talking about cancelling it. You know, nobody knows that. I was freaking out on the Wednesday saying to you, I can't do this. I said, I can't can't do this. What are we going to do after the dessert? What are we going to do after the main course? What are we going to do then between this and that? And what am I going to have to... I'm going to have... What will I say to them on the bus? And on Wednesday, I was a nervous wreck. And you talked me in off the edge. And uh, Stuart talked me in off the edge. And David Cuddy then went into hospital. And, you know... Because we actually... So we had met on the Sunday to go through a few of the... The running order. The running order. Yeah. And David was kind of a central part of that. And then, soft lad that he is... Yeah. Had his... Kidney stones or something. Yeah, like, come on, like, that's sore. The morning he came out of hospital, he said, Alan, the woman in hospital said to me she would rather go through six childbirths at the same time without uh, pain relief than go through what I went through. And I said, oh, my God, we're never going to hear the end of this. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the poor man. So, oh, he, he had a hard time. Wow. Um, so, yeah. so, yeah, so things altered. You were a bit, but, like, you got there. Then, right, okay, another thing. So you're nearly there. Huge weekend, massive preparation, massive stress. Thursday night, oh, I'm doing a live. And I'm like, right, he's going to be talking about the weekend, what we're doing. You bring out another batch of cookie gin, like. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Anyone else will be just laser focused on this. And you bring, and it's flying. Nobody knew about that. That's another kind of iron I had in the fire for the last few weeks. And I didn't tell anyone about it because... I just, I didn't want people saying to me, how's it going? Do you know, it's, it's a bit like when you start going out with a, a new girlfriend and you don't tell your parents for a while because every time you land home, they keep going, how's Mary? And you're only with her like two weeks. Well, it's the exact opposite of the <laughs> initial launch. You had this big news coming soon for so long and, until you had to actually do something. It was so dragged out. And then, all right, lads, gin is out, order now, whenever. Well, I was afraid, number one, of annoying people with the big news coming soon again because, uh, you know, I dragged the arse out <laughs> of it last year, let's be honest. So, and then, to be honest, the, the real truth is I hadn't time to put the big hype campaign into it. And I'm sure even the distillery were probably going to themselves, uh, are you going to tell them people this is happening or not? And then Thursday came and I was supposed to launch it at 8 o'clock and the week was so chaotic that it was like half nine by the time I was doing my 8 o'clock live. And I launched that. A theme over the weekend, timekeeping. There were so many things that I wanted to say on that live and promote and do. And yeah, so I have a second batch out now and it's great that it's out so early because last year we ran out of it just before Christmas. And this year uh, we got it on sale good and early. We got a few extra bottles. And to be honest with you, the distillery texted me this morning and said, Alan, you need to start putting wild stocks last on your posts. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's, am I right in saying it's only available online at the moment? Yeah, I'm not going putting it into the shops for the simple reason that some shops were selling really well and other shops weren't selling at all, depending on my geographic spread and who follows me where so when you're just dealing with small batches there's no point in me having 50 bottles in such a shop and nobody buying them and 50 people looking for them in another shop so i said if we can try and get the price down a little bit so we got it down two euros and just do it all online this year and whoever wants it wants it and it's there and it's not as i said this on my story it's not it's not a get rich quick scheme and it's not a sustainable business because everyone enjoyed the gin last year 
I wanted to bring out a second batch for There people. was a genuine demand for it there. I know I know that personally. Like there yeah, there lots of people were still asking me for there it. There really was. Like there was even a woman staying in Ackle there a few weeks ago and she collared me on the road and she just said, Alan, no and it's difficult to talk about because you don't everyone says their own thing is the best. But she came up to me and she says, Look at no other gene compares it, blah blah blah. I'm not making that up. This sounds like a David Cuddy story now at this stage. <laughs> but she said it's the nicest one I've ever tasted, blah blah blah. So I had I had three quarters of a bottle here in Castle Bar. I came over to the house and the next day I was in Ackle. I went into the campsite and I gave it to her. No way. And I said, Look, there's a mouthful gone out of the top of it, but sure enjoy it. And you would swear I gave her a million euros. And I said to myself, we have to get this out again. We have to do this again. It's not about the money, you know. And uh, obviously, you'd love a big brand to come in and take it and say, "Here, let's bring it to the next level." And is go. that the dream? Ara, sure. Look at, I, I think it's a very unattainable dream. Of course, it's the dream. Of course, you'd love to see it in every bar in the world. It's like winning the lotto. It's probably not going to happen. Do you know? Well, I'm sure some bar. We'll feel sorry for you and put it in there. Well, if, I one, know, if but only like, I knew the marketing manager of a, a gin bar. But to be fair, it's on. <laughs> it's a dream to have a drink, your own drink. It like is. Like that's insane. Yeah. Like that's something you can be so proud of. So, anyways, yeah. you brought that out. It's flying. Let's concentrate on doing a weekend then. Like Jesus. What was lovely about bringing it out on Thursday night is that I had it on the Saturday, and that was the big surprise. I wanted um, a few bottles for people to taste on the Saturday. My um, guests got to taste it on the Saturday night and a lot of them have never tasted it a lot of them didn't know anything about Cookie Gin they didn't know anything about it and it was lovely to see them enjoying it on Saturday night and really you know loving it as much as we do and everyone else so it, that, that's why it was nice to have it there and the cookie car as well the cookie car which thanks. saw a lot of action that weekend it's Kennedy we Motors I went down the next morning there was paw prints everywhere there was there was like women's hair in the it's grill in the a lot of fake was tan there was across a few it too. Ta- fake tan marks that I believe the garage are still trying to buff out of it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that I missed all that. But somebody came in to me and said, "Alan, don't go out the front and look at the car." <laughs> and when she said that to me, I just went, "Right, I'm definitely not. I w- I wasn't in the place. I wasn't in the right mind. I just said, whatever. I'll fix yeah. it. I'll fix it on Monday." And then I said to myself, "What am I paying security for?" <laughs> Security in there watching everyone dance. And meanwhile, there was seven people dancing on the roof of the car <laughs> out the front of the hotel. So we'll, we'll start the weekend. It started Friday, we'll call it afternoon. I thought the name tags and the wristbands were a great shout. Thank you. I have to give a special mention to Brand Geeks. They are a great bunch of lads. They I really are. I have a lot of time for them. They're the most decent, genuine and sound company to deal with. But sound lads, you go... Have you ever gone for a pint with them? No. They're gents. <laughs> no, I don't, I've never met oh, them. Oh, they're gents. But they really get involved. They really get invested in your project. And it, this sounds like an ad, but when I rang them and I told them what I'm doing, they got more excited than I did. And they were like, this is brilliant. And you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to do whatever. We actually need to go to Kerry and do a podcast down there and hang out with them. They're, All right. They're characters. And I have dealt with other um, companies before, but like they, they really took... They took a lot of stress away from me. They said, Alan, send me your logos. Leave it to us. And they did. The lanyards, the wristbands, the pull-up banners. What else? I got some uh, mugs off them, uh, coffee mugs to give away as spot prizes. And look at it. They just knocked it out of the park. But everything was so professional. Oh, like, you know, that all added yeah. to everything that was going on. Now, I'm sure you're like 
a swan, you're going along, everyone thought he's calm, he's cool, he's relaxed, and the legs flying underneath because, oh. you know, you were stressed out, but positive energy, like. Yeah, so on the Friday evening when you checked in at the hotel, you got your wristband. So you check in at the reception desk, they lead you to your room and you get your wristband and they say you have to put on your wristband because that gets you in and out of the room all weekend. And then in the room, there was a lovely goodie bag um, waiting for everyone. So every everyone that came to the weekend got their own goodie bag. Thanks to Market 57 and Cream and Skin Formulas and Cadbury's and those uh, Connacht had a voucher in there for a tour of the distillery. And that got everyone off to a flying start. I know it's just a goodie bag, but everyone came down out of the room going, oh, Alan, the goodie bag was amazing. I know. I think it's thoughtful and it's extra value. Like, under promise, over deliver. And that was set the tone for the whole weekend. But like, you know, me and you go to a lot of these events and we get goodie bags. But like most of these people wouldn't. But like all of the stuff, there was no junk in it. Everything had value. And you could see on the Sunday, people going in for the coffees. You could see people in Market 57. I went to myself, got a few bits. Like there was value and there were, there were all quality brands. In fairness to you, yeah. uh, down to the bars, every part of it was good. You know, it was good quality. There was no junk here. Leave, no one was leaving the bag after them. I think it, it was a bit of me in the bag too because there was a... a dirty oak. There was a... Yeah, <laughs> there was a, a coaster, a coffee coaster that said, Be Yourself. There was a little signpost for Westport. There was a stick of rock from Westport. Like, you know, typical... What you get when you're on holidays, a stick of rock. And I love uh, chocolate, you know, and I do a bit of work with Cadbury. So it was lovely that they got involved. And it was just, it was lovely. And I just, people coming down out of the rooms, meeting me for the first time, that was nearly an icebreaker for me because I was saying, how are you doing? How are you getting on? Is your room okay? And they'd say, oh, the room was lovely. And the bags, the bags were amazing. So that that got the weekend off to a flying start. Then when everyone came into the main ballroom, they got a lanyard with their name on the card. Now, the cards were a little bit big. I will I will say they were a tiny bit big. But... That was strategic. I wanted them, I wanted everyone to be able to clearly see everyone else's name and just a first name. I didn't want Alan Clark. So I just wanted Alan or Kieran or Alison, whatever it was. And that encouraged people to talk to each other and it also let me know who they were because everyone in the room knew me. And I'm walking around the room going, how are you there? Uh, oh, please be facing this way. Sarah, how are you, Sarah? <laughs> But, like, it was, yeah, from your point of view, it was good as well. But the amount of people that travelled on their own, I have so much respect for all of them. Yeah. And got mingling and chatting. And you could see by the end of the weekend, there's been friendships created for life. Yeah. Over you. A few people messaged me a couple of nights before and they were saying that they were talking, they were thinking about pulling out. And they messaged me and just said, like, I never travelled on my own. What's the weekend going to be like? Blah, blah, blah. And I just kept saying to everyone, I'm there on my own. I'm going to be there on my own. So don't be worrying about that. And if you're feeling lonely or feeling left out or feeling awkward, come and get me. Because there was nobody feeling more stressed or awkward than me. And thank God on Sunday morning when everyone was checking out, they all said, I'm glad, I'm glad I went. You know, and they did. Everyone made friends for life. Uh, it was amazing to see people gel together. And I thought it would be a little bit harder to make that happen. But they made it happen themselves. The dynamic, the group of people, you, I, I said it so many times over the weekend, you could not handpick a nicer room of people. It was extraordinary. There wasn't one single dickhead. 
No. Not one. No. And we're not saying that to keep everyone happy. If there was one there, we would have said, oh, there was one dickhead. But there wasn't one single dickhead. Like, especially on the walk. You were standing beside different people or walking beside different people at all points. And you could just have a chat with all of them. Yeah. It was great. I feel, to be honest with you, I feel like I didn't give enough time to everybody. That's how I felt on Monday. I felt like, you know, I tried to get around to a lot of the tables. I know there's one or two tables that I probably didn't get to. And I I feel like I didn't talk to a lot of people. I spoke to a lot of people. I spoke to as many as I could. But on Monday, I just felt, that's how I felt. I felt, God, I don't think people got enough of me. Now, some of them are probably at home going, <laughs> fucking hell, that, I, I had enough of that fella for six months. Um, On a one-to-one basis, I mean, I, I feel like I didn't have enough time with people. I totally get what you're saying. But at the same time, the reason that you didn't have enough time was you were concentrating on organizing or the next thing that's happening, the next thing, the music, Tommy, you know, everything that was going on. So it's not like you were standing in the corner talking to me and Stuart all the time. You were, you did work the room very well. I have the height of respect from that point of view. And also, the minute the pull-up banner went and you stood to get a photo with someone, Everyone got their chance then. There's this queue going on to the dance floor. And I'm like, what's... Oh, yeah, Clark's getting his photo taken. <laughs> Everyone was just cute, which is lovely. It was so... And I, you have to be... Did you ever take a second over the weekend and go, all of these people are here because of me? Like, there was... The amount of respect no. and love in that room for you was just gorgeous. No, I don't... You see, I don't see it like that. Um... It's a tricky one, like like you say, I suppose I had so much planned and I had, you know, I couldn't have done it. And, and I have to say this, I couldn't have done it without you, Stuart, uh, David Cuddy, James and my brother. Those five people. It wouldn't have happened without them. And, but I didn't delegate enough of the running order. I kind of, and it wasn't really like a control freak thing. I just didn't want to be annoying anyone. And I, I was trying not to load people up. You know, even Shannon and Rhea had a couple of extra jobs to do on Saturday. And then Saturday came and I said, girls, forget about those jobs. I want you to enjoy yourself. And then suddenly, after the meal, I just wanted Shannon and Rhea to have a really good time. So we didn't do, they didn't do half the things we had planned. But to answer your question, I just saw 150 people in a room having a good time. That's all I saw. And I was happy with that. I just thought... Everyone in here is having a good time and that that's mission accomplished for me. But I don't see what you see. I don't see. And I, I suppose see. it really resonated with me. I had a conversation with this fabulous lady and I won't mention her name or go into detail, but she said she had been through a tough time and recently and that following you and the positivity on your page and she knows that anytime she goes onto the phone and sees that circle with you in it, this is going to be fun. I'm going to feel better after seeing his stories. She had said she unfollowed a lot of people that she weren't bringing positivity into her life. And she said that she didn't get many nice weekends away. She didn't get much time on her own. But she had penciled out this specific weekend that she was going to go away. Because she knew it was going to be wholesome. And she knew it was going to be genuine fun. Because it was coming from you and you had organized it and stuff like that. And this was on the Saturday night late. And she was having those fabulous times. She goes, I hope that you can tell your friend at some point how much his stories and his attitude affects other people and how much it means to other people. And it was just the loveliest conversation. 
you'd know the girl if I said it to to you. But it was just, it made me stop and think and go, yeah, he is really positive. And there is so much negativity in the world now and on social media and stuff. And Alan, like, I know you well. I've been talking to you all day and then I'm still clicking into your stories because they're a bit of crack and I feel better after watching them. So it really resonated with me from that. And I heard a few other stories like that and a lot of people, the positive stuff people were saying to me about you. It was just, I was so proud of you as a friend. And it was just to stand there and to look at all these people, all these fabulous people. Yeah, it's interesting because the morning after it sold out, I went for breakfast with Stuart and, uh, you know, he does music weekends. He's done them before. He sold them out and he's cool. He's cool as a breeze. You can't, you can't knock a stir out of him. He would do a gig in front of 100,000 people and he'd treat them the same as if he was doing a gig in front of 10 people. And, and we tried to knock a stir out of him. No, we tried. We tried to knock a stir out and we'll get into that in a minute. So I went for breakfast with him the morning after it sold out and I was in shock and I was saying, you know, it's all sold out. What am I going to do? And oh, I started panicking. And then I turned to him and I said, how did this happen? I said, how did, it, how did we sell so many rooms without a big name like Patrick Feeney? Because there'd always be a big country star involved in weekends like this. And he turned around to me and he said, Alan, you're the name. That's why you don't need a name. These people are coming to see you. And whilst it hit home, it made me panic even more. I was like, <laughs> what? They're coming to see me. Shit. <laughs> what am I going to do now? The whole, like everything's just happened so fast and everyone is lovely. But on the Friday night then, I was up in the room getting ready to come down. I, oh, I, don't, I don't know how I got out of that room on Friday night. The, the stress and anxiety. I changed my shirt. I, I got, had a shower, got changed, put on my shirt and I was getting ready to leave the room and I was sweating so much with anxiety that I had to change my shirt before I left the room. So the shirt was on me like 10 or 15 minutes and I just sat over at the window trying to cool down for a minute and I was like, oh, I haven't serious. Like, how the fuck am I going to go down to this room? And the second I went into the room, I just met two lovely people at the door and then Shannon and Rhea were just so lovely. And then after that, it was just one lovely person after the next. And how could you not be comfortable and relaxed? And you were still thinking about what we do after the meal or what we do after that. But it was very easy then once you had met the people. Yeah, because you could read the room. It was a nice atmosphere. The good food helped. Really impressive spread. Um, and then, yeah, the, the night just it clicked. It was never awkward. It was never forced. It was just, it all was so smooth. On the Friday evening, I was walking around the hotel as people were checking in. I was there from around four o'clock and I was walking up and down the corridor and I was walking around doing jobbings and I was just looking at everyone's wrists. And, you know, you'd meet somebody in the hall and you'd say, hello, how are you? And then they'd look at you and go, hello. As if like, why, why are you so enthusiastically saying hello to us? They weren't there for my weekend at all. Well, it was pretty much us and a group of golden oldies. So <laughs> easy now. <laughs> Golf, golfers. That was the Saturday night. Oh, what happened on the Friday night? Where were they? Well, no, it was just like, that was the kind of demographic that was Okay, in. all yeah. right, yeah. See, I didn't pick up on a lot of that. I saw the golfers there on Saturday night. They had no idea what was going yeah. on. Yeah. They looked into this room, and at quarter to ten on a Saturday night, they saw 150 people going ballistic to Maniac 2000, and they were like, what is going on in there? They had no, and everyone at their table, they weren't even at the dance floor, and they just hadn't a clue what to think of us. So I was going around the hotel on Friday looking at wristbands and trying to find my, my group. Your and tribe. My tribe and trying to 
whittle out who was with me and who wasn't. But um, so we had the table quiz then on Friday night after the meal, and that was good crack. Somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was very good crack. Yeah, it was. We made a good crack. Yeah. Because I was, yeah, I had it done up and it's hard to do a table because at the best of times to know who's going to be there and what kind of levels they're at and what ages they're at and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But we were, yeah. At the table names, really. They, yes. That was a really good, uh, see, I don't go to many table quizzes. Well, we had the icebreaker first as well, the heads or tails, yeah. which was good. Yeah. Got people going. And then the table quiz. Yeah. The table names was good crack. There were some really creative ones. One was Who's the Rat? Yeah. And the other one was... Cookie Monster. Cookie Monster, yeah. So some people were really competitive and that was good and fun. And then other people Because the winners like, got 42 out of 50, which was very good for that kind of a quiz. Wow. It was tough enough now. After the table quiz, we went into this little bar then beside the ballroom. It was called the Cara Bar. And it was, it was a lovely, lovely room, but it was really bright. And I had only planned, so as you know, I had this whole weekend planned to a tee. And I just said, Stuart, strum away there in the corner, nice and low, background music, don't be stressing, don't be worrying about getting people up jiving, because all his gigs are chaos. People jiving, people going bananas. And I said, this is a very laid back, cool kind of gig. We just want to go in. I just said, go into this room now. Everyone had the, had the food. And I said, right, everyone into the bar. Let's go in here and get to know each other. Ten minutes later, we're doing the locomotion. <laughs> There's a train going around the bar. There's shots flying everywhere. There's cocktails. Then we're doing shut up and dance. The whole bar shouting, shut up and dance. The barman roaring that the music was too loud. <laughs> he said... I love the name of the cocktail. The Mayo All-Star. They're turned on a porn star. The Mayo All-Star? Yeah, it was very good. I don't even remember that. Well, you had it. You were looking at me when I brought you one out at the start. I remember you bringing me one out. Yeah, thanks a million, by the, the way. The Mayo All-Star, yeah. That's what it's called. It was a porn star. But specially named for you oh, for the weekend. That was nice. And um, the barman turned to Stuart. And he said at the end of the night... That sound was unbearable. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine being a singer. (laughs) And the barman coming up to you going, that sound was unbearable, he said. It was way too loud. Well, I think the crowd's reaction told you different. And at one o'clock then, everyone went to bed and we came down. Why did everyone go to bed so early? Because we had to be up at eight the next morning on the bus for half Some bollocks decided to organise the second morning's activity to be leaving the hotel at half eight. In my defence, Friday night was supposed to be a really chilled out night, bed early kind of job, not having too much to drink. Everyone went bananas How on did Friday. That work out? It, like I, that that is one thing I did not expect. I didn't expect everyone to hit the bar as hard as they did on Friday night. It was like they hadn't been let out forever. <laughs> they were like, "There's a bar, shots, everyone, shots, cocktails," and. Just the, the I don't think I've ever seen you drink as much. Sure, they were coming. From, I was yeah. trying to hide them. Yeah, they were coming from all angles. <laughs> I was going around. There's a flower pot there in the corner of the hotel, and I'd say <laughs> if it's still alive today, it's under serious pressure because there's a few baby Guinness in there. There's a Corona in there. There's a Mayo All Star in there. That 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 pure pot. I tell you, it's under serious pressure this week. Is that the one that got knocked over the night after? No, that one was pure dry. Now that one, thank God. Uh, there's one over there that won't get knocked over because it's filled the pot is full to the brim with drink but I was trying to they were coming and I was begging like I was begging everyone not to buy me drink they were coming from all angles but in fairness to you you weren't bad 
It was a quiet bus on the Saturday morning. Saturday morning we came down. The reason we left so early on Saturday morning is because the bus journey was an hour and a half. The walk was three hours. Then we had the lunch break and then it was an hour and a half back and I was panicking. The majority of people on this trip were ladies and I was panicking that they wouldn't have enough time to get ready. You know yourself, they like as much time as they can to get ready and I was panicking that we'd get back and they'd only have half an hour to get ready and then everyone would be given out to me. So I was stressing about that the next morning. So on this Friday night, I said, look, it's like this. We either leave half an hour early and we get back half an hour early. Or we leave half an hour later, we get back half an hour later, and you've less time to get ready. And everyone agreed, let's leave early. That was before the chaos in the bar, though. Uh, we came down onto the bus at half eight. I got up onto the into the bus. I said, hello. Uh, there was like nothing. I was like, right, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to stay quiet now for half an hour. I'll let them have a little snooze there, do whatever they want to do. And then we brought Darren Cawley on the bus. What a gentleman. So I actually missed his speech because he was on the opposite bus to me at all times. So we'd swap over. So do you want to tell us a little bit about Darren? I'm going to do a podcast with him in a couple of weeks. So don't tell us too much about him. But Darren really helped me out over the last few weeks because he's just such a genuine, positive guy. And he's not in it for anyone else, only you. He is such... There's such a... I don't want to say just charismatic. He's just something so genuine about him. Well, you need to meet him. He's He talked, I was sitting across from him, he talked a bit about gratitude and stuff like that, and you can really see it resonating from him. He is just one of life's good guys. Now, he's been through it, and the podcast will be brilliant. I'm actually really looking forward to hearing that. But he was just so funny, so nice, so kind. He was excellent so he was giving us talking about you know uh the trip down different places where we were going the history of that telling us a few different stories about that very funny as well but interesting educational everyone really enjoyed the stuff but god he's a he's a great guy and he's been through it yeah he's been through a tough time himself and uh he has a great outlook on life you know i was even talking to him coming up to the event you know saying i was so stressed with everything and you know (laughs) And at the end of the day, you have no stresses when you think about what that man has to go through. Uh, so the the weekend would have been a totally different vibe without him. Definitely. Oh, it, was abs- it was lovely. And it was a great touch. Uh, yet another thing organized by you to have on the bus to break up the that journey. Um, so it was lovely. And then I got a message that evening from someone. Who did Clark or get to organize that weather for him? Was it hashtag gifted, hashtag sponsored? Oh. We could not have got any luck here. When we left the hotel on Saturday morning, it's, there was a little bit of drizzle. And I thought, what's going on here now? This wasn't forecast. Oh, my God, this is going to change the whole day. We just driving in. We were driving all the way down through Mulrani. It was overcast. Down in through Bangor, overcast. Turned off then at the grotto there, overcast. We came up to the cliffs at Caratig. No clouds. It's like somebody just turned off the clouds. And I've said this before, and I spoke about this in a podcast with Tara after, where I was told I had an angel on my left shoulder and an angel on my right shoulder, Keelan, my my cousin that passed away, and Martin, my uncle. And Martin, my uncle, was Mr. Derry. And, you know, if you've you've listened to the podcast with Charlene, you'll know that his life was just all tourism. And I am convinced that Uncle Martin turned off the clouds for me. And... (laughs) Coming back on the bus, nobody knows, but when we had left the restaurant, 
when we had left the restaurant and we were driving out the road in Belmullet, I just cried in the front seat and two tears rolled down my face and I said, oh, it's so hard. I just said, do you know, Martin did this. Like, there's no question because when we were in Belmullet that day, any of the locals were saying to me, Alan, what's the story with the weather? You know, it was so unusual for it to be so sunny and no wind and no rain and no anything that I don't care what you believe or what your faith is or what your religion is. Something else was at play there, wasn't it? A hundred percent. I Like, I've been down in Belmullet countless times and I've been blown into the net by the wind more than the ball. Yeah. I've never experienced a day like it. It was just... I was yeah, in, I, I agree with you. I was in that little front seat where the tour guide goes and there was a big, huge mur. And I remember looking up into the mur and there was two people to, to the right behind the bus driver and I remember they could see me and I looked down into the well of the bus and I just had to sort myself out for a minute or two because I just said, I just can't believe how well it went. You know, the next evening it was lashing rain. Sunday afternoon, it was the worst Sunday we've had in months. So it was incredible. Like you talk about your uncle being Mr. Derry and Mr. Tourism and I'll talk about this later, but what you did for Mayo Tourism on that particular day and the video that Peter did was incredible. Like, I've lived in Mayo all my life and I've never seen that part of the county. It is incredible. But every single person was blown away by it and will be back and will bring friends and shared it on their social media. They were taking pictures and it got better and better and better. Yeah. My page alone reached 360,000 people over the weekend. Yeah, so mine reached 306 um, people. <laughs> <laughs> Multiply that by the 100 people that were on the walk and all their followers and all that. Like, it, it was... 307,000. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, now, it was lovely. Okay, this is lovely. It's sentimental. It's emotional. Let's bring you back to Earth here. <laughs> you said it was a flat walk. There was a massive fucking hill at the start, Clark. That, sort yourself out. That wasn't a massive hill. Everyone's freaking stop? out about this massive hill. It's in the video. Will you stop? A massive hill. Like, I'm not saying I've been to base camp in Everest, <laughs> but I think I'm ready for it after going up that. Well, you've obviously never climbed Crow Patrick then because you'd know about Many's it. Many's the time. Oh, come and on. Yeah, we'd be, Jesus. Oh, you're well up. I'm telling you now. Well, when we were doing that walk, we were supposed to actually come the other way. So we were supposed to actually finish with that hill. Um, but... I didn't. I wanted to get it over with at the start, so we came that way. But Ara was only a little hilly. Only a little hilly. I think it's that no one expected it. Now, look. Yeah. W- and it was the first thing off the bus. The ha- hangovers were kicking in. Yeah, it cleared the cobwebs <laughs> for a lot of people in fairness. It sure did. And the cliffs and the scenery and everything's amazing, so. Like, that is outrageous countryside yeah. out there. It's amazing. Isn't it amazing how it's, like... It's not like the Cliffs of Moher. How there's a big, huge car park, a big, huge cafe, and buses coming from miles. And Belmullet Hoors don't want anyone down there. It's the roads. That's it, to be fair. Oh, the road from from Mulrani to in a bus. Oh, it was ropey now. It was ropey on Saturday morning, and I was in the front seat. We had to pull over for somebody. Yes. They needed to get fresh air. Did you? Yeah. Which is fair. But listen, we... We finished the walk. Everyone was able for it. Myself and Shannon waited at the back. You were up and down the whole way. We had a medic with us. But it was a lovely pace. And nobody fell too far behind. Nobody was racing ahead. It worked for any level of fitness. And anyone... Like, a huge respect for 
everyone that took part in it because you know it's probably out of a lot of people's comfort zones but yeah. they still really enjoyed it and I'd say everyone that went was so glad that they made it. There was one lady at the back and she came up to me on Sunday morning and she said look in case you're wondering why I was going slow I have such a condition or whatever and I said but you're you didn't fall behind. She just kept it nice and slow and steady. And every time somebody stopped for photos, she overtook them. And she was at she was with the group the whole way from the start to the finish, but was really self-conscious because she was going so slow. But she stayed with the group the whole time. And then we have to give a, me- a special men- mention to Agnes. What a woman. So Agnes lands and she goes, how are you doing? Brands out with the two sticks. How are you getting on? Not too bad. So we tackle into the hill. Not too much complaining from Agnes now. What else? Uh, that's the one thing I'll say. Agnes turns around to me then and goes, I've two new hips. And I thought to myself, holy shit. Agnes has two new hips. And here she is tackling into this hill not a bother. And then I realised, hang on now a second. Agnes has the best hips out of everyone here. It's <laughs> a good point. At first I was like, oh, how is, how is this going to go? And then I thought, sure she's the best hips out of all of us. Not a bother on her. Oh no! Everyone now, look, it's a different day if that's raining. But my yeah, God, well, I honestly, I was blown away by it. So we got back on the bus, and then we headed to Belmullet. We and didn't. Yeah, impressive. Sorry. Into the western strands for soup and sandwiches. Thanks to David and all the girls there. Loads of girls on. Uh, plenty of soup. Lovely sandwiches. And then Sean Fahey came in to sing a few songs for us. And it was just a lovely addition to the day because... It really was. Nobody expected it. Everyone was like, bloody hell, I can't believe this is organised. <laughs> they were half thinking they're going to pay for their own, like, get something themselves. And then, then the music, like, the soup and sandwiches were class. The manager, what was his name? David. David, gentleman, came out. Yeah. Had a word for every single person at our table. Just a story for them. He was brilliant. And then the music kicked off. Legend. Sean Fahey is brilliant. He is so good. He's from down that neck of the woods and he just has a lovely, unique voice. And he sings a song called Black Sod Bay. And he sang it one morning. I was working on the radio and I rang him and I said, David, is there, uh, Sean, is there any chance you'd come in and sing Black Sod Bay? And he kind of went, mm, yeah, yeah, in fairness, like there's other, there's better songs. And I was just like, ah, it's a lovely song and I love how you sing it. And it was just a lovely start to it. And then he started doing give it up and nine to five and there was like three or four party songs and then that was it back onto the bus but everyone was on the bus again in good form so i think it needed we needed a bit of a pick me up and that was that was the idea of sean fahey oh it was lovely and it, it did you're right it got everyone kind of they were blown away by the scenery and then they were set for the <coughs> for the night excited then about the night so i got back onto the bus and straight to Westport, we were going to swap over um, halfway across and we said, look, just get, it, just get it to Westport as quick as you can. So thanks a million to Michael Moore and Coach Hire as well. Darren there and all the team, they got us back to Westport. I had um, planned on being in Westport at five o'clock. We were pulled into the hotel at quarter past five. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Ran like clockwork. I know, it was good. The boys, the, the bus drivers are lovely, both of them and... Then we had the drinks reception that night. I went up to the room, got changed, had a mini freak out, forgot my tie. Ryan Kieran, hello Kieran, is there any chance you have a spare tie? He goes, Do you not know me at all? I'll bring up 47 ties and you can pick whichever one you like. I said, Thank you very much. He brought up 47 ties. I picked one, <laughs> put it on arseways. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tie it. <laughs> the nerves. I couldn't even tie, I couldn't even tell you my name. Because I had another one that was already tied. Up in the room, but I brought that one because it was a new one. So it's I was brand like, you new. Can have it, yeah. I, I, I actually need to give that back to you. No, you're going to. But we had a little team talk in the ballroom. It was five to seven. I was supposed to be down and dressed at seven o'clock. At five to seven, 
I was standing in the ballroom in my hiking gear. Is that the stress, the most stressed you've ever seen me? I, yes, it was actually. Yeah, I felt like an awful bollocks. Well, I was. <laughs> I was ready to jump into the river out the back of the hotel. I don't know why, because I had met everyone. Everything was grand. The well, day there went was brilliant. a new 50 coming in. There was a new 50 coming in, and then we were dealing with the band, and then we had Tommy Stenson coming in, and then we had the big. There was a lot of little parts, yeah. And then we had David coming in doing the mass, and I was just, excuse me. Oh, hey. That's the most stressed I've ever felt in my life. Really? Yeah, ever. Wow. And the other thing that people don't see is I would never have been able to stand up in front of 150 people on a microphone unless I had you standing beside me. I just wouldn't have been able to do it. And I was a DJ, as I said, for years and years and years, and I've done that before. But when I started working in Aldi, I packed in the DJ, and I haven't done it now in over 10, 12 years. And I'd often get asked to MC gigs and open this and go to this and go to that, and I I didn't go to any of them because I hadn't the confidence. And that night, when the 150 people were in the room and I had to go up and introduce myself and say hello, I was breaking it. Really? Absolutely. After being so good the night before. I was just a whole new... I couldn't... Uh, it was, I was just breaking it. So this is Alan's manager speaking. He is available for MC gigs. No. But there has to be another lad standing on the back <laughs> of the stage, kind of beside him. He'll probably be wearing a blazer, uh, but it'll be grand. It'll work out. Um, and I, I didn't look up much. The first couple of times I was talking, I was looking down at the piece of paper and, I, you know, uh, oh, it, was, it was difficult. Like, it was hard. It was hard now. And then, so was the first thing... The bishop. The the first thing was yeah. Oh, they did the awards. Oh, so the awards. We, yeah, yeah, we yeah. gave five awards to the so f- some very deserving winners, and then we David came in for grace before me. Fair play to him. He should not have been anywhere near the hotel. No, and there was no talking him out of it. What a gent. Yeah, he's he's one of the good ones, and then we just one of the signs of the high regard you're held in by your friends. Uh, do you know? Yeah. Uh, like you have to credit where it's due now. Yeah, he was, he and it was very funny. He was very funny. Do you know what's really funny about that? And I was telling somebody this story today. We got David. We snuck him into the hotel around seven o'clock. Every, we knew everyone was going to be up in the room getting ready. David landed the hotel at seven. Run up to room six thirteen. Come into the room. I was freaking out trying to leave the room, as you know, because you were in the room at the time. I was having a complete meltdown. David came in. The bishop's costume was there. I said, David, put that on. We'll come and get you a quarter to eight. Grand. The last thing I said to him was, don't video my room. It was up in a heap. I had hiking gear. I had clothes everywhere. I said, this fella's going to make a dickhead out of me now. So I said, don't video my room. And I ran out the door. So... In the ballroom, then, we were ready to go, but David had to wait in the bar, so Shannon brought him down to the bar section, and it was just outside the ballroom. But, as back to our golfing buddies, there was about 20 or 30 golfing buddies in the bar, all looking at this fella dressed as a bishop, standing, waiting to be called into the ballroom, and some of them were looking over at him with disgust. You could just tell. How dare he? How dare he wear that? And he said he never felt as awkward in his life standing at the door of the ballroom dressed as a bishop with 30 people just staring him out of it and then we called him in then and there was a huge reception amazing yeah i was even shocked at that people were losing it the room lit up when he walked in and he uh uh, he was so good he came over and he goes you know 
he looked around the room and he said, I look around this room and I see nothing but sinners. Sinners living in sin. And he goes, you disgust me. And then he did this responsorial Sam and the response was, they would give you the shits. So can you tell us one of the lines even or can you remember any of them? Um, it was about the woman that keeps giving us the abuse oh, online. Yeah. Well, uh, Lord, grant me the patience to live the perfect life like at Sarah12569 <laughs> whose has- whose uh, bio is live life li- or live love laugh hashtag be kind. <laughs> She's and the one that's always giving us abuse. And, uh, and the response was they would give you the shits. And people would give you the shits. Yeah, yeah, so good. Um, well, everyone got into it so much. He was just, he's such a natural, but he was very, very good now. It kind of gave it another lift. Yeah, so he wasn't feeling the best and he ran straight out the door again. And he got an Indian. I went back to the hotel and chilled out. So, man, so that was it. So, like, you know, people were expecting dinner. So you come back, you have the awards that you have created. Then Cuddy. Then after that, it's the musical bingo? No, we had, yeah, so we had the starter and then we had the main course. And then during the dessert, we did the musical bingo. Which was unbelievable. Like, Stuart and I spent two days putting this together. Liz went out to the bar. My girlfriend went out to the... To reception at one point and the receptionist says are you having a good night yeah yeah it's great yeah a night i know a night is going well when you hear maniac 2000 at half nine in the <laughs> evening <laughs> it's generally a good evening yeah 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 <laughs> it, the place was rocking yeah so Stuart and i put this musical bingo together and it's basically bingo but instead of numbers you have songs so as soon as you hear your song you take it off and we uh, did it in such a way that there was potentially one winner at every table and we jumbled up all the cards handed out the cards and then we started the game so we got everyone to stand up and you could tell now they were just after a big feed people were it was at that point where you were either heading for bed or heading for the dance floor so we we just had that little window to get them and we got everyone to stand up as soon as everyone stood up the first song was Wigfield Saturday Night Saturday Night and the room just went berserk didn't it there was one girl there, was it uh, Sophia, started dancing on a chair. There was another girl dancing on a table. The flower pots were going <laughs> flying. There was a conga line at one table. They knocked over the flower pot and it just, it got the night off to a flying start. Oh, the buzz, the atmosphere. Everyone was hopping. I could not get over how good it was. Yeah. So Stuart was in charge of all the PA and the music and the sound effects and it was so funny wasn't it the abuse we get so we'd have like okay Stuart uh, 9.45 suspense music <laughs> and then we'd look over Stuart wasn't even sitting at the <laughs> desk at the <laughs> he was up at the bar and we're like uh, suspense music Stuart and then you'd see Stuart running from the bar diving in behind the desk and then he'd hit a drum roll instead of suspense music dum dum it made the weekend for me. It was so good. Slagging we were giving him. So it was musical bingo. Then Tommy Stenson came in and he got everyone up. Well, not everyone. I, I, a few few people up doing the Siege of Venice. A uh, little bunny hop. And then he put me up on a barrel. No better boy. That wasn't planned, by and the way. What did it feel like being at the same height as everyone else? Yeah, it was it, it was interesting. I, I can see um, I've had correspondence from Dance with the Stars. Yeah. They saw Clipsy online and uh, they said they'll never ever have you on the show. <laughs> I was up on the stage. This, the dance floor was full. Every single person in the room was on the dance floor. That was the rule. You had to be up. Tommy Stenson was on a half barrel giving it socks. 
Then he turns around to me. I'm videoing him and he goes... Yeah, the two of us are standing behind everyone else. There's a wall of people in front of us. Lovely safe place. Yeah. Lovely safe place Getting to a stand. a nice little video. Tommy Stenson turns around and he goes, Alan Clark for a dance. I said, no fucking way. No way. Everyone went berserk. This, uh, the crowd opened up and he dragged me down onto the barrel. And then I was just you like... crowd surfed down onto the barrel. Oh. Fired onto If it. you asked me to do in that... fairness to you... You took it well. I would have been hopped straight back up on the stage because yeah. people trying to drag me out. How could you? Yeah, I know. No, you had to own it due. at that stage. Credit where it's due. And fair play to Martin Hughes. He was our tour guide on Sunday morning and he's a an award-winning Shannos dancer as well. And I was showing him the video and I said, Martin, you're not going to believe what they made me do on Saturday night. And in fairness to Martin, now you can't knock a star out of him. He just turned to me and he goes, well, you're in time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Come here. Tommy is some boy. He's great lad Tommy came in and the last song was something like Tina Turner the best and the whole I can't remember what the last song was but it was something outrageous yeah the room was going berserk yeah he was standing at the corner with his brush <laughs> going how in the name of God am I going to come on now or diddly eye and I said don't worry about it Tommy I'll sort that he I'd say he was nervous he, yeah he mo- and like he's a great character so but of course Jesus you're walking usually, into that room usually he'd be kind of the first to act on after the meal yes so he'd be the one that gets you to you know gets, gets them warmed up but he came into 150 people going bananas with a brush and he, he must have thought <laughs> holy shit so I introduced him got everyone to stay out there he got a lovely big warm welcome and fairness they all he worked the room too. He, was he good. worked the crowd. Uh, I've never done the Siege of Venice before. Safe to say I won't be Obviously. doing it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I nearly took out a, a few women. And I nearly clotheslined one woman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so some good dancers there though. Oh, the, there was the body a, hop. There was river dance dancers there. Yeah, it was actually professional dancers. Yeah. And yeah, did she get up for... Well, she got up at the end of those. But yeah, there was some great dancers there. But like, the dancer wasn't quiet all night. And then... And then Buck. Buck Taylor. Some Buck. Yeah. He's some man. He's, the women loved him. I He's know. the cutest man. Oh, what a oh, nice. stop. Late December back in 63. And everyone's just loving it or whatever year it was. 69. 64. <laughs> That's why he hates quizzes. <laughs> oh, and then unbelievable. A peti- so there was a DJ on after Buck. And I was walking around the room. It was around one o'clock thinking, right. Time to chill out now. The DJ's on. The wind down is on. And then a petition started. Get Stuart Moyles back on stage. And I'm going, what? So I think it was uh, Marion came over. Marion came over from West Cork with a list of songs and demands. And at the top of the demands were get Stuart back on the stage. And I thought, oh, the man is working since Tuesday. Quick one there. Do you think West Cork was the furthest someone travelled to it? I'd I think it might be the furthest, but it's not the longest journey. Okay. There was another lady there that had a nightmare. Oh, yeah. With buses and trains and taxis, and it took her about four days. And the poor girl lives beside me in Nocknacarra and Galway. Does she? Yeah. It took her... Yeah, she had a nightmare. Days to get to West Cork. I think she five buses. Was it? They were full or they were didn't <gasps> turn up or something. Um, to see you. She had the most... Uh, she had the, the biggest nightmare of a journey. I, I think West Coast. There was Tyrone. There was Donegal. There was North Donegal. Jeez. There was up around Glenties there somewhere. Um, it's incro- when you think about the geographic spread, it's mad. Leash, Carlow, Waterford. Um, yeah, they came from all over. And then oh, actually, sorry. This, 
two people we need to mention who probably travelled the shortest distance. Oh, so on Friday, I went out to reception, saw these two lads checking in, and they were giddy. And I said, I recognise them from around. You know, they're just these lads that you'd, you'd just recognise. And I said, uh, how are you lads? And they said, how are you, Alan? I said, what's the crack? You uh, here for a stag? No, we're here for your weekend. <laughs> and I thought, what? These two lads in their mid, what are they, mid-30s? 30s, yeah. One of, Mark, one of them plays over 35 soccer, I know. Checking in, and I thought, no, you're messing, lads. And they're like, no, no, we're here for the weekend. And I said, sure, you live 10 minutes up the road. And he goes, yeah, and I have a camper van. <laughs> so the camper van was in the car park, and these two boys checked into the hotel for the weekend. And boy, did they make the weekend their own. Geniuses. So, there are two lads from Mayo. They see on social media, Alan Clark's having a weekend. Anyone that has any bit about them knows the vast majority of your followers are women. So these two single lads are thinking, there's going to be a heap of single women in the hotel <laughs> in Gold for the, or in Westport for the weekend. Sure, why not? Now, to be fair, they didn't know if it was going to be a couple's thing either. Oh, and, and, and they were... They were such gentlemen. They were there more for the crack. They came for the crack. Yeah, yeah. they weren't just trying to find a woman. No. They, everyone had to height the time for them. So one of those awards was, what do we call it? The, Innov- the, the, the Dating in- Innovation Award. Dating Innovation Award. And everyone lost, you know, the, the, the roar when you announced that one. So they, everyone had amazing time for them. They to be fair, we, we made an awful scene out of them. And we made out that they were only here because they knew there was going to be so many single women. But they didn't. They, they they thought it could be it could have been a couples event. It could have been just all couples, and they just came for the crack. And they and were the nicest. Have been nice, yeah, no, nicest lads you would ever meet in your life. Um. So where did we go from there then? So sorry, we're there on to sorry where you were when I rudely interrupted you was Stuart Moyles back on stage where he so, belongs. Poor old Stuart. I went out to the bar and Stuart was at the bar. I think he was having a drink with uh, Kevin Kennedy who supplied the car. And I said, Stuart, there's a bit of a petition here to get you back on. I'm not messing his face, Kieran. His <laughs> face dropped. And he, he didn't know, was I messing? He put in some shift for the weekend. He, he, was, he was shocked and he was hoping I was messing. And I said, no, no, I'm serious, Stuart. They're looking to get you back on stage. And he was right, right. And his setup was in the bar. And he looked down at the bar and he goes, yeah, I'd have to set this up in the room there. And I said, well, can I give you a hand? No, 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 it's grand, no, it's grand. And Stuart, cool as a breeze, brought everything in, in 10 minutes. He doesn't get excited, does he? No, no, no. In 10 minutes, the Galway girl was going and the room had lifted up another notch again. And we're talking one o'clock now at this stage when everyone was on the wind down. Stuart Miles comes on, the Galway girl, the Joyce Country Cayley band, he did, oh, so many other songs. And he had the place hopping. Then he played two or three songs at the end and then it was the final song and then it was the final song again and then it was the final song again and then one of the barmen came over freaking out at me tapping his watch. Come on now, Alan. He kept saying, come on now, Alan. Come on. Because you had disappeared at one point and then he dragged you into the middle of the floor. Where had I gone? Do you know where I was gone? I was gone up to the room to get money to pay the band. Oh, yeah. So that was around 20 to 2 and the band were looking for money and I said, lads, I'm not going to leave in the country now. Relax. And they said, no. Give me my money. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, now, boys, with the baseball lads. I was up in the room and I came down and I sorted the money. And then when I was in the room, the phone rang. It was Shannon. Alan, where are you? Well, I'm in my room, Shannon, because you rang my room. Uh, yeah, Stuart wants you on stage. I said, for what? Oh, I don't know. I just wants you. Hung up from Shannon. Then the security man rings my mobile. Alan, where are you? They want you on the stage. I said, right, Grant, came down. Paid the band. Up on the stage. 
he didn't want me for anything really only to be there for the end was it well no it puts you in the middle and everyone's dancing around you oh and then you sorry yes ah oh, yes 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 hey come here now stop you're on about me having two left feet oh bro i i've said this many a time on this podcast. i know people say that I but hate dancing hate it with a passion i am yeah. unbelievably bad at it you're like a car now that has the tracking gone in it all together if you're supposed to be <laughs> you know when you're driving along and you take your hands off the steering wheel and she she glides into the ditch <laughs> if i let you go well you were twirling me and you're two foot smaller than me so that was never going to work in the first place oh yeah and of course that's the one thing everyone was videoing and tagging me and then sharing and oh. fucking oh i forgot that so then yeah. uh Stuart played a couple of songs then they were given out to us because it was 10 past two and we had to wrap up and then the night ended and I think it was probably half four in the morning before we left the room going around talking to people and uh, that's that's when I started to wind down. Then on Sunday morning we got up, had breakfast. I missed breakfast Sunday morning. I just couldn't go down. It's delicious. What Did you make it? Of course, yeah. Oh, did you? Sure, I had to. Yeah, I was going off. Where? To Island Eddy. Oh, you had a match. Which isn't on findmypitch.ie so I ended up oh. the amount of back roads I went to across to that pitch and then ended up in this beside this old house or something. <laughs> And eventually, so Island Eddy, sort out your pitch on Google Maps and uh, went to the match. Yeah, Island Eddy, yeah, they're always listening to this podcast. Um, so you had the breakfast Sunday morning. I missed that and I came down then around 11 and some people went on the Westport walking tour with Darren and Martin and then some people did the tour of Westport House and then everyone went on their merry way. The end. Happy, content. The end. Just the only thing they were wondering was... When and where is the next one? Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know. This one nearly killed me. I, I definitely, and I was talking to somebody today, and uh, this person gave out to me for, I was supposed to ring them last week, and I never rang them, and then they said, oh, you never rang me. This it, This took over my life now. This. Yeah, I suppose the first one is always going to be a bit like that, but you did have... I suppose you'd learn a lot of lessons. Oh, Maybe yeah. delegation. Like, you know, you had Liz there on the Saturday that could have kind of taken, but you didn't know. It was tricky because you were kind of involved in all the things that had to be organised. And I also didn't want to give people too many jobs. I was appreciative of you and Liz being there. You know, and I appreciate... So, like, even on the walk, for instance, the fact you stayed at the back and the fact that you stayed at the back, I knew for a fact no one was going to be left behind. And that meant so much to me that I didn't want to be loading you up with any other jobs. I said, like, that, you know, you've done your part now. You helped me. You, you, you were MC for the weekend. You know, you helped me on the walk. You couldn't do any more. So the last thing I was going to do is say, here, go and do this and go and do that. And would you do this? And, and you would have done it. But Yeah. But I suppose I was very conscious that, you know, this is my mess. <laughs> 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 this is my mess and I, I'll just deal with it. And... You know, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I couldn't have done it without you. I wouldn't have been able to get up on the stage without you. And the weekend wouldn't have happened without Stuart. On Thursday, he was down in Balna collecting a mixing desk. On Friday, he was over in Bunny Conlon collecting balloons off Amanda Conlon. Uh, Saturday, he was getting uh, the mixers. He collected the mixers for the drinks reception. That fellow was going and flat then, out. So I came back after the match. We had a coffee, though we went for food. And he's there loading everything into the van oh. and driving off to Balnus Low to do a gig and the next day he's going to Spain for the week working 
So he loaded the van. I went down to try and give him a hand, but he it's kind of like, it kind of is a one-man job. There's no point putting stuff in the van because he knows where everything goes. So I felt so sorry for him. He was loading the van, heading off to Ballinasloe to do it all over again. And then he left Ballinasloe and, and went to Dublin Airport. So he was ringing me. On Sunday night, I was sitting here eating a Chinese, and he was ringing me saying, is it the red car park or the blue car park we usually park in? And I thought to myself, oh, wow. my God. Do you imagine God. having to face into that? Can you imagine? I was shook on Monday now. I was exhausted on Monday. You must have been. Oh, it took so much out of us. But, I, I, like I'll say it again, it couldn't have gone better. There wasn't one thing. And you know what? You've been involved in events and something doesn't happen or someone doesn't turn up and you get away with it. The people don't know. Yeah. But everything you had planned came off. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Down to the weather. I suppose next time, if I was to do it next time, I wouldn't have such a long of a bus journey. That was a bit of a killer. Uh, now, to be fair, a lot of people said, ah, we didn't mind, but it would have been nicer if it was a 45-minute bus journey instead of an hour and a half. That's one thing. And the second thing, I would start a bit later on the Saturday. The <laughs> <laughs> you reckon? Yeah. If we could start a little bit later on the Saturday. But then everyone paced themselves on the Saturday see that, night. See, that's it. And on the Friday night as well, more or less. Uh, but you. I think um, people enjoyed the Saturday night more because they said... We hit it a bit too hard last night. So they, they kind of steadied themselves up and everyone had a great night on Saturday night. So listen, it was a huge success. I can't thank everyone enough for traveling from the four corners of uh, Ireland. And, you know, it just, it's it's great now. It's lovely now looking back. And this is when I enjoy it. You know, looking back on that video that James put together a Cara Tig, and you're like, wow, we did that. I do not know how Fault Ireland, Discover Ireland, Mayo Tourism, somebody has not been knocking down this door <laughs> outside the house all week going, Alan Clark, we need you to promote Mayo. Well, like everyone's see, heard of Mayo, of fairness. It's, but it's a funny thing, you know, because, and, and um, Cowboy Kelly was talking about this on one of David Cuddy's co- uh, podcasts when he was drinking the pint of Guinness and it got a million views. And David Cuddy said to him, did Guinness ever approach you? And he said, well, why would they approach me? Because they got their million views. It's similar enough to the Supermax video we did. Do you remember the, we did a Supermax video in Dublin? Yeah. And I think between Instagram and TikTok, it has nearly a million views. And people often say to me, you must, you must, you know, you must never have to put your hand in Supermax again. But then Supermax never contacted you. And it's, it's a little bit like that. Why would they when you're already doing the work? So why would they ring up and say, Jesus, we must give him a few bob? Well, from my <coughs> putting a professional hat on, yeah. they should have targets and uh, campaigns and things that they're trying to hit and achieve and, you know, get a certain reach and things like that. So for someone, it could be the easiest win in an office going, I have to, what can I do to promote Mayo this year? Oh, that eejit Alan Clark. <laughs> Give him a couple of quid and let him go out with his drone or whatever. No, I just think, look, yeah. it's it's not about that, but... It was incredible promotion for Mayo. Everyone loves Westport, but to see Carrotig and all that part of the county, and even the bus journey, like there was interest in parts of it. That um, plane radio thing. Oh, the radar, the, radar. the yeah. radar over on the mountains. That's the radar for the whole west of Ireland, or I think it's the whole of Ireland and even Western Europe for every plane coming in and out. The girl I was sitting beside on the way down was from Drogheda, I think. Yeah. So. She had never been around Mayo properly before. She said she's going to come back. Her her dad is big into photography. So she's going to bring him back. So people 
I suppose we take it for granted because we're driving around it all the time. But a lot of people not from Mayo were blown away by the journey even. Yeah. Let alone the actual walk itself. And they weren't expecting those little stags as well down there. You know, th- it, it, it it's very similar what you'd see in Kerry. But nobody knew they even existed in Mayo. You know, the, it, like the, the little sea stacks. I'd, I'd never seen that before. Yeah. It's just as good as Skellig Mihal. So <laughs> we need to get... <laughs> if not the better. Ne- the next Star Wars. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Look, at, it was brilliant. Everything worked out. Everything, everyone got home safe. That was the big thing for me on Saturday. I was so anxious that somebody would get hurt. <laughs> the, yeah. the only person that got hurt, and I have to give a, sh- a sh- mention this, was there was a dis- disclaimer went around. Yeah. Like everyone read it, signed it, <laughs> went, <laughs> went all the way around the bus. Then the clipboard was put on top of the... On the, o- the, the overhead compartment. And then it fell down on Shannon's head and hit her in the head. <laughs> the disclaimer clipboard hit Shannon in the head. And... Uh, oh. It wasn't Knocked a bit of sense into her. It like, wasn't in the honest. small print that you take responsibility for a disclaimer form hitting you in the head. So that was the closest we had to an incident. Like everyone, ah, look, they were a sensible enough group. But I, I, I totally hear you. But totally it's a dangerous part of the world too, you know. And more people have died taking selfies than shark attacks. And you can get, you know, it's easy to get carried away there looking at those cliffs and wanting them in the background. Or chasing the sheep to get a nice photo of them. Was somebody doing that? No. Were you doing that? <laughs> were you? <laughs> No. (laughs) Is there anything you would do differently next time, apart from the extra few hours in bed on Saturday morning? I love the fact that it wasn't just all based around alcohol or based around a bar. So I think the walk, the fresh air was lovely. Someone, like apparently now, I just discovered this at the weekend, people do that for fun as a hobby. Actually, hiking. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> That's so strange. But anyways, no, the the outdoor element of it was fantastic. So something like along those lines. So no, I thought it was a lovely weekend and a lot of people said that to me as well. That it was great to be out in the fresh air and not just, you know, stuck in a pub for the weekend or drinking all weekend. Yeah, I'd say f- probably 40% of people were dying getting off the bus. Half an hour later, the hangover was gone. Nothing would clear a hangover like the west of Ireland. <laughs> That's for sure. No, so it was a lovely weekend. Everything worked out. I think that, as you said, under promise, over deliver. I think everyone, I didn't hear, there was no negative feedback. Of course, they're not going to say it to us, but even the messages I've been getting, and I'm sure you were inundated with messages since you got some lovely gifts you were saying, uh, a couple of whispers and stuff. But no, so there was lovely positive feedback from the whole weekend. So, you know, it's hard to, it's going to be hard to top it. Uh, It will, if we do another one. There was something I wanted to say there. When I, The thing I enjoyed the most, obviously the fact that everyone came to Westport and had a lovely time and went home safe. When I was walking around town in Westport on Sunday evening and you just saw everyone milling around the town, doing their own thing, that's when I thought, this is lovely. And I just thought, you know, I saw them with their Market 57 bags and everyone went in and out of shops and just everyone was just so r- relaxed and in good form. Yeah, when we went into Cream for the coffee. Yeah. And there was, was it two groups from the tour and they were just sitting there having their coffees and their their crepes and stuff like that. And it was just, I don't know. It, yeah, it was a strange, lovely feeling that you, you brought them here and they're, you know, you kind of know them on a level now as well. Yeah, so that was the lovely thing for me. So I'm going to take a rest now for a few weeks and reassess things and see yeah, where we go. Yeah. I just can't wait to see what an Alan Clark rest is. You're probably going to bring out some new product or start a new show, TV show <laughs> or something. No, do you know what I was doing yesterday? 
I was uh, doing up my CV. Stop. Yeah. And I haven't had a CV in like 20 years. That'd be a good read. So Yeah, I didn't. So are you retiring as Mayo's number seven top influencer? Uh, I could potentially be. Yeah. After that weekend. Yeah. You were jacking all this in. Yeah. So I got a phone call about a potential job and I just thought to myself, how lovely would it be to work Monday to Friday and have that security again and not, not, there's an awful lot of anxiety that comes with this gig and you've no security. You're, you, you, sometimes you're afraid to open your DMs and you're just living month to month and this but so are you not growing month to month like is this not mm-hmm. surely you I look back at this weekend and go this is only going to get bigger and better I know it's hard work yeah and I know it's non-stop and the security thing you're only a young lad sometimes you just feel though you're making money for everyone else and I know the weekend was very cheap and very affordable but it's still a lot of money like it was still 300 euros a head you know so like if you were to do it again it'd have to be four or probably even a touching more i don't know um i don't know to be honest with you i it was it's very the the thought of working on a monday to friday gig is very very attractive right but then i'm looking at it as in alan clark has like now your brand and what you've done i think Jesus, every business in the country, like I said about the tourism, every business should be hitting you up going, we want to work with you, we want to pay you, but we want results and you are the man to deliver results. And as I've said, there's only a handful of people in the country at the moment that can deliver in the way you are. Yeah, and that's interesting and and I'd like to get, like we're, we're pushing on the time now, so we probably won't cover it in this, but you know, the whole influencer market, I think has opened my eyes in the last few months. You know, I, I left my job in May and I said I'd give it a good go. And from what I can see, you know, you, you have to sell your soul. And, you know, I don't want to be on here brushing my teeth and drink, you know, I don't want to be on here brushing my teeth and drinking that particular drink just to keep the lights on. And the brands that I'd like to work with, you know, they, they there seems to be a very small click and none of that clicker in Mayo. And you see some people getting all the work. And you know that you can deliver better content than what they can. Because, like, let's let's not forget that my job is creating content. That's what Alpha Media does. And that's what I've done for years. I create content for, for businesses. I have... How this all happened was I was giving advice to influencers. And I was building up uh, profiles, singers, influencers, telling them all how to do what they should be doing. And then it all spiraled out of control for me. So I know what I'm doing and I know I can deliver good content. But for some reason, people that are in the click are delivering poor content and getting all the work. And that's frustrating. Absolutely. But do you think, A, is it a Mayo thing? And B, you're only getting started as well. I know you have a huge profile and you have a huge following. I know. I and there is huge. a certain... Well, like, you're but nearly... You're over 80,000. Like, mm. that's significant. And 30,000 on Facebook and 20,000 on TikTok. But who's counting? Like, there's not many stadiums in Ireland that hold that. <laughs> you know, let's be realistic. So, yeah, w- when you put it... I don't know, I just think it, it, I, it'd it be disappointing, but I totally respect that. I totally understand it. 
Oh, it's a tough gig. It's a tough gig, man. You know? Oh. Like, there's aspects of it that I love. You know when you're doing the cannonball and you had people holding up signs saying up Mayo coming into Limerick and Mayo flags and, you know, a phrase that we had created that weekend and an 8 by 4 sign coming into Tulsk. That's really cool. But it doesn't pay the bills. It doesn't keep the lights on. And plus, you're living like I'm living week to week. I'm, you know, every time the doorbell goes, I'm afraid it's the landlord saying, Alan, it's time to get out. Because that's the way this country's gone. And I'm genuinely living in fear the, at the moment of the front doorbell that I think I'm going to get turfed out of the house. And I'm renting this house. And when the time comes that I do get turfed out, where do you go? There's no houses to rent. And I don't have the security to buy a house or to get on the ladder doing this. So there's all that at play now. And I'm 37 years of age. And I don't know. Do I, do I just have to cop on and get an office gig? <laughs> And get a ball of money and go home on Friday and be able to pay the bills. And be able to go into the bank and say, how are ye? Any chance of potentially a mortgage? Ah, the grass is always greener. I know, I know. And I'd go off my head. And I know myself, I'd be miserable the Monday to Friday. Because I'm flat out in the office and I'm looking at your stories and I'm like, ah, oh, he has a life. But everyone thinks great. that. Everyone exactly, thinks exactly. Like I made no money at the weekend. But that's my own fault. That's not. I'm not blaming anyone for that. I knew... I. I set out to bring everyone to Westport, have a good time and go home and see could I do it. That was a little goal for myself. I wanted to... I seem to always be punishing myself and pushing myself. I push myself to try and bring out my own gin. I push myself to try and do my own weekend. And then when they happen, I'm like, what am I doing here? It's like self-harming, you know? <laughs> and then I'm like, Friday evening comes and I'm this is a terrible idea. There's a hundred people downstairs waiting for me. And it does get exhausting, you know? And and I've never met a bad person. I have never, I've never met anyone on the street that has given me abuse. You know, you get the odd DM from dickheads. You wouldn't think about it too much. But you know, it's getting it's getting hard. And then you've Instagram blocking you for silly shite like sharing a picture of your legs, and then Instagram block you. And now people can't see your page. And there's so many stresses that come with it that sometimes I wonder, is it worth it? What What do you mean by the Mayo thing? Like, do you think? Just that you're not available in Dublin all the time and it's just... But I could be. I can be available anywhere. And that's not me putting out an appeal. But no, you, no, you no, see, no, totally, yeah. You see big... Now, fair enough, sometimes they have more followers than me. But as you know, you're in the industry, right? Mary might have more followers than you, but her engagement might be lower than yours. And her audience might not necessarily be the right audience for the work she's doing. But Mary is off doing the gig that Alan should be doing because Mary is in with the agent or in with the company that gives the green light to who gets the money. Exactly. And there is relationships there and it does work on certain levels. And yeah. it's been in the mind's eye. And, you know, you have to go to events and do jobs to get other jobs and stuff like that. And it is her. But I do respect the fact that you turn down a lot of business because you don't want to be a every second story is an ad and you also want to work with businesses and products that you believe in. So, you I know, there's a lot of credibility there that you have. I could I could keep it going and be on here every day of the week promoting biscuits and drinks and toothpaste and, you know, and that'd be brilliant. But like you say, you'd lose your credibility. And that's not what I set up the page to do, you know, like skin formulas now are working with me. 
and that's you know that was natural they sent me the products to help my skin i did the little routine everyone says it to me and it's genuinely a product i'm using and genuinely a product i stand over and it was natural but it was I, organic yeah and relationships are better than a one-off you call in here and do this yeah, yeah. No, i totally get same that. same with port west and you know same with ireland west airport so what do you do? You either go and you sell your soul every day of the week for products that you have absolutely n- no interest in or you get a job. That's the way it's, that's the way it's looking. Well, watch this space. So we're going to finish this yep. on the question that's on everyone's minds after the weekend. What age is Kieran O'Malley? Did you get a woman? <laughs> you fucker. Alan, it was the most elaborate game of Tinder I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> We've just spent the last hour and a half talking about the efforts that you've gone in to get a load of single women in a room. So tell us what we want to know. Do you know what I will tell you before we go? And we have to wrap this up because it's the longest podcast ever. On Friday, when people were checking in, I met a few people in reception. I didn't meet all the people, but I tried to meet as many as I could. And ladies were coming into reception. So there was how many, how many couples were there? Was there five or six? Five, five or six. Yeah. Couple. Now, people did travel in couples, but they might have been friends. Yeah. How many couples, male and female? Five or six. It was so funny on Friday afternoon. They were checking in and you could see the lady was buzzing. We're here. We're checking in. You're Alan. It's lovely to meet you. We're going to have such a good weekend. And the man was in the background waiting to be called in. And then he's like, how are you? <laughs> and like looking down at you going... What's this about? And why is she more excited to be here with you than here with me? And it was all very awkward. And on Saturday night, the next day, they were up hugging me, telling me it's the best weekend they ever had. And there was one man in the corridor ringing his friends, telling them that he missed the best weekend of his life. That happened. He was in the corridor saying it was the best weekend he's ever had. And he was ringing his friends, telling them they're missing it. I was out watching the end of the Ireland-Scotland match with that lad. Were you? Yeah, he was texting the boys, telling them <laughs> why he was in a WhatsApp group. Gent, absolute gent. It was so funny. That was, that's, that's the highlight for me now that I think of it. These men looking at me on Friday, not on Instagram themselves, don't follow me, don't know anything about me, wondering where am I being brought to for the weekend and what's going on? And then on Sunday morning to be able to hug them and say, Jesus, thanks a million. Thanks for coming. That was the highlight. Anyway, in answer to your question, did I get a woman at the weekend? Yes. Yes, I did. There was 150 people there and I got about 144 women. And it was brilliant. And I had the best weekend of my life. Show off. Thank you very much. Good night. Well, on behalf of everyone that was there, huge thanks for organising an absolutely fantastic weekend and can't wait for the next one. Kieran O'Malley, I, I hope you know that you were an awful lot more than just a friend to me over the weekend. You got me over a lot of hurdles. I never would have stood in front of that many people on a microphone wearing a blazer if it wasn't for you. And a lovely pink waistcoat on the Saturday night. Just thrown out there. Was it pink or was it... Pink. You were influenced by a guy wearing a pink one on the Friday night. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, too many in-jokes. Thank you so much. Let's wrap it up. No, thank you. Let's hug it out. Uh, Okay. Bye. Let's not. Okay, this is awkward. Okay, I'll just turn this off. Okay, bye. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch reviewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let BRB Homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie